BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're hearing laughing, it's because Brian <laughs> called me a dickhead before we no, got I did on not. here. No, I did not. <laughs> no, I was calling the program. Great start. I was calling the program we were using, dickhead. Uh, sure. Because, actually, you know what? On that note, did you see that after the Super Bowl, uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody called Juju Smith-Schuster a dickhead. I think it was LeGarrette Blount. Was it him? I thought it was someone else. <laughs> There goes LeGarrette Blount because a couple people were getting on Juju Smith-Schuster because, you know, he's he's the TikTok boy, as uh, I think yeah. A.J. Brown put it, or whatever the case may be. Some fighting going on in the NFL, but I guess we're going to talk about fighting uh, today. Before we get started, also, uh, thank you to everyone who is listening to and has downloaded. We need more downloads, so please download the episode on the audio platforms, too, even if you watch it. Please, 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 please. The episode with Lou DiBella and all of our other episodes because we're going to have non-interviews also, but we're hoping to have more interviews uh, coming up. Um, and if you have a favorite boxer, tell them that they should sit down with us because it's hard to talk yes. to some of these motherfuckers. I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, but we appreciate we appreciate all the love and support so far. And uh, onward and upward, we're in it for the long haul. So if our numbers don't look crazy now, look, this is a long-term play. So uh, yeah, Chantel, talk because I'm, I'm good. I think I'm good. No, I was just saying, like, it is a long-term play. Also, if you have, like, a couple of minutes, leave a rate and review wherever you stream any of your shows online, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's always going to help our show grow. And if you already haven't hit that subscribe button, make sure you do. And like Brian said, thank you so much. But, yeah, I'm pretty excited to get going on the topics that we have today. We're going to have some fun. Also, if you want to leave comments, you can always hit us up on YouTube. And also, I'm at Chantel S. Chant on Twitter. And Brian, your handle is the same for everywhere. all social media platforms. Yes. Yes, yes and, everywhere. And you Fellas, might want to tell people and, what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's at Brian Fonseca NY. Brian with a Y because I'm not white. NY is in New York because that's where I stay. Uh, and fellas, uh, if you're going to DM Chantel, just like, you know, just relax you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> no 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 because you're out here giving your at so i just want to make sure like you know you're you know what i'm saying like you know what that's enough joking i'm feeling uncomfortable <laughs> we're gonna start the show now <laughs> All right, we're into <laughs> another episode. That's just how I'm going to deflect. Um, but as we're saying, lots to get into, some boxing news. The first one 
Deontay Wilder possibly leaving premier boxing champions. Brian, what were your thoughts on this? And why do you think this is the case? So Mike Coppinger reported that, and I've, I've sort of seen this in other circles and um, hopefully your camera quality comes back uh, as we're discussing this, because we might want to put this on social. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think with uh, Deontay Wilder though, this is very interesting. So the report is that he wasn't happy about an offer he received to potentially fight Andy Ruiz, which has been the rumored fight next fight for both guys because both are PBC um, and are top contending heavyweights vying for another shot at the heavyweight championship and the top two contenders, according to the WBC. And this fight was sort of mandated to happen. And now because of uh, the offer that he got that he apparently didn't appreciate, yeah. he's starting to field other offers and starting to look at other options. Uh, I don't know if it's, it wasn't made clear if he's looking for other options to fight Andy Ruiz. Cause he hasn't seemed very excited about the fight in general or other options to potentially fight a fight period. And I'm hoping that fuck the Anthony Joshua three fight plan. And I hope that Anthony Joshua after beating Jermaine Franklin, as we expect, although I wouldn't, just we talked about this. Last Don't just week. count him out. Yeah, you can't right, just count right, him right. out. Yeah. yeah, I would have just count Jermaine Franklin out. Not but against I, Anthony Joshua. <laughs> not against, yeah, yeah, not against Anthony Joshua, right? But I would say that I hope that what we get out of this is Deontay Wilder. He could fight in April. That's fine. I would love for him to fight Andy Ruiz still, but I want Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua because I've been wanting this fight since at least 2018, at least. And I've also maintained that Deontay Wilder would knock him out. So that's where I'm at with this. Yeah, I think the main thing for this one is that there's not enough money for both sides for it to be agreeable. These guys are both former heavyweight champions. And it makes me kind of question, like, what are the budgets for this fight? Obviously, Wilder would be the A-side for this, would he not? Easily, he would yeah, definitely yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, would, he, he would be the A-side. Also, the IBF did order Ruiz and Hergovic for the interim mm. heavyweight title. So I think it's more likely we get that fight because yeah. at one point Ruiz was like, nah, I'm not going to take that fight. But it seems like that fight is more likely. So the big question is, who does Wilder fight? Who do you want to see him go up against if he's not going to fight a guy like Andrew Ruiz? Well, first of all, I'm not sure how excited uh, people are going to be for Hergovich versus Andy Ruiz if that, in fact, what does happen next. And the way we know boxing is probably what's going to happen, right? And then Deontay yeah. Wilder will fight uh, another Robert Hellenius type of opponent, and then everyone's going to move on, and then here we are. Look, this is why Lou DiBella ranted in our interview with him about fighters, you know, just kind of like positioning themselves and taking these type of fights instead of being in 50-50 fights or close to 50-50 fights. And then on top of that, you have guys not being that active and then where they are active it feels like and this is not something he said this is what i'm saying when it feels like they are active it's like every other fight is a tune-up fight or every damn fight is a tune-up fight it's like you're tuning up for what you're just kind of staying busy at this point so if you look at the heavyweight rankings of the wbc in particular we'll use those because that's where deontay wilder is number one and is number two frank sanchez is number three i'd be excited for that i i'd be He's, down for wilder and frank sanchez but He's a PBC fighter. <laughs> which, mean, which means that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boxing so if, politics. If he doesn't like the offer for Andy Ruiz, he's not going to get as much money to fight Frank Sanchez as he's going to fight to, as he's going to get to fight Andy Ruiz. But I feel like 
I feel like he might get a little bit more money than he would because at the same time, like, yeah, Deontay Wilder is the A-side, but Andy Ruiz is still a top heavyweight in the world. Whereas Frank Sanchez is still kind of building that name to be that guy. Like, he hasn't been in any massive blockbuster fights yet. No, his biggest fight was on the undercard. Uh, actually, he's been on multiple Deontay Wilder undercards. Yeah. One against Carlos Negron, uh, my Puerto Rican brother. Uh, that got knocked out <laughs> in October. <laughs> and then he was also on the undercard of another Deontay Wilder fight, the last one against Tyson Fury, where he fought yeah. F.A. Jagba. And Jagba was super tentative in that fight and was also dropped uh, by Frank Sanchez. And then if you continue going down the rankings in terms of what people would want to see, Anthony Joshua's fifth, but Anthony Joshua has a plan. And I think Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua should fight each other, right? Like Eddie Hearn claims to want that. And I think that's something that should happen. And I'm going to say this and then toss it back to you so then we can move on to our next topic because <laughs> that one's pretty fascinating. But Deontay Wilder, the, the, if he's not going to fight Andy Ruiz, and I know Anthony Joshua has a fight coming up and I'm running out of heavyweight contenders at this point, like instead of Anthony Joshua fighting Jermaine Franklin and then fighting Dylan White, just give Deontay Wilder the Dylan White fight. And I would love to see if you're if he's truly fielding offers, yeah. this isn't going to happen, but whatever. Because it's boxing, it's not going to happen. But if he's truly fielding offers, why can't Eddie Hearn step in and try to make Wilder versus White in like May or something? And then Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder could fight each other in the fall. Well, that's my whole beef with it. And that kind of goes back to Lou DiBella's conversation is like these guys are being so inactive. When they don't end up fighting, they become extremely inactive. So the thing about it is if Ruiz fights Hergovic, which is very likely to happen, then Deontay Wilder doesn't have a guy to fight against up until maybe Anthony Joshua's fight against Jermaine Franklin. So how long are we waiting for Deontay Wilder to fight? And are we only going to see him once this year? So I agree with you, you know, give him the Dylan White fight, but at the same time, boxing politics, will it happen? Is he going to leave PBC? These are all of the questions. And of course, on the mandatory, this is the interactive show. So we want to hear your thoughts, drop them on YouTube. Also hit us up on our social media platforms. Now, one guy that is all over social media all of the time, I mean, he kind of built a career off of social media, right? YouTube fighter Jake Paul, he's going to be ranked at cruiserweight if he beats Tommy Fury, February 26th. Thoughts, Brian? According to WBC President Mauricio Suleiman, Jake Paul will be ranked at cruiserweight <laughs> if he beats Tommy Fury, who isn't a cruiserweight, by the way. Uh, I think I, I think I I think I noted that like Tommy Fury's fought over 182 pounds like maybe once or twice in his career, and Jake Paul's been that for like basically all of his fights at this point. There's yeah. a size difference there. I'm already copping please for Tommy Fury, as you can see, because some people so I don't know this at all, but somebody theorized that they think Tommy Fury's just kind of like in the family business and doesn't really love boxing, and this is his way out by getting knocked out by Jake Paul and then just not fighting anymore. I hope that that's not the case. Yo, do you think he's going to get knocked out by Jake Paul? Because these two actually don't mess with each other. We'll, right? We'll like, get, I'm going to get to that in a second. I, it, before, it, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, cook, I'm just saying, if, if, it's a, if, it's a, if it's a payday, then yeah, maybe he'll want to take it. They're going to get paid for this fight, like big dollars. Probably one of his biggest paydays ever. But Tommy Fury is an actual boxer. He's an actual boxer. 
what happened the last time that some people would disagree with that by the way some people would be like hey look at his resume it's not that great I I mean at the (laughs) same time it's it's better than being like a YouTube fighter that's fighting former MMA guys okay I'm going to pull up both of their box recs in a second but first I'm going to look through the WBC cruiserweight rankings and we have some casual listeners we have some diehard listeners and we want more of both we don't want to separate anybody here right or exclude anybody here rather but if you look at the cruiserweight rankings there's only a couple names y'all are really going to recognize okay and they're both old and that's badu jack and yes. Kovalev. okay the first name that i saw on there was badu jack and i was like yeah come on badu jack is third sergey kovalev is fourth you got david light at 15 that's somebody people may recognize in the uk um He's from the UK, right? Yeah. <laughs> I believe he is. Uh, Mike Perez, Andrew Tabidi, actually. You probably have seen him uh, on TV before. But uh, enough, like, no one gives a shit about cruiserweight boxing in totality. Like, there are a lot of diehards who never watch cruiserweights, right? Evander Holyfield didn't become Evander Holyfield until he became a heavyweight. And the same same thing with Alexander Usyk cleaned out the cruiserweight division and then moved up. And that's when everyone really started hearing about Usyk before them. Unless you were like a diehard boxing fan, you had no idea that Usyk cleared out the cruiserweight division. So that's to say, if there's a division that the WBC can talk themselves into doing this, it's probably cruiserweight, if not like minimum weight or whatever the case may be. But like, it's probably cruiserweight, right? That being said... I don't care how obscure uh, the cruiserweight division may be, especially as it pertains to the WBC rankings. A dude who's 7-0, and unless you have that Olympic pedigree, right? Like, there's a reason Alexander Usyk rose up so quick, and he yeah. won, like, a, uh, an international heavyweight or uh, cruiserweight title, like, in, yeah. like, his first or second fight or whatever. It's because he had a crazy – well, <laughs> that's an ad. That's an ad from BoxRec. Um, <laughs> you sure that's not the music? That. That's not the music you were listening to. I was like, damn. I don't listen to those. Damn, bullshit. Brian, Brian really be living this Puerto Rican lifestyle out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that was more like that was a Toyota commercial. Um, I liked it. I dig it. It had a little bit of a vibe. All right. But if you look at, uh, first of all, Jake Paul's first four wins were against dudes who had never had a professional boxing match in their career, right? You have the, is... the Ali Gibb guy, you have Nate Robinson, Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley. Oh, by the way, the Tyron Woodley rematch was next. None of these guys yeah. are punchers. None of these guys are even like boxers at all. How Anderson old are Silva. they, by the way? How old are they? That's what I want to know. All older. Ty- Good point. Except for the 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 other YouTuber that he beat in his debut. And then Anderson Silva, which is his only uh good win, uh, is an MMA all-timer, right? But 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 that's but, the thing. And who, like- who who to his credit beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. However, if you know Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., you kind of weren't that surprised that it happened. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm not hating on Jake Paul, okay? Let's just get this straight. I know he has a nice right hand. I know that he's training for these fights, but my only beef with it is, yeah, okay, so Silva, he's still an MMA legend. Like, he was never a boxing legend. He's also older. Three so... and one in his boxing career prior to that uh, Jake Paul fight, Anderson Silva. That's not enough. Right. And he's older. Like my whole thing with Jake Paul. And I think 
I love that he's getting money. I'm never going to hate on anyone that gets a bag and he's doing it well. Like that part of it is inspirational. That part you of it hate though, on, is You can hate on some people getting money, but that's neither here nor there. It's fine. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just not going to hate on someone getting money because like I want to put the good vibes out and I want to make money too and get the bag. So okay. I'm all with that. And he's doing it in a different way, which I, I support, right? He's yeah. finding different ways to get the bag and people are tuning in to watch these fights more than, you know, a diehard fight. Um that maybe people aren't even looking for or checking for in boxing, right? So in that sense, like he's doing some cool things, but it's just like, for me, like fight a real boxer, fight someone in your weight class. Why don't you fight someone that's around your age? Like that's my whole thing. So the Tommy Fury fight, I'm all for, and hopefully it happens because when he was supposed to fight Haseem Rockman, that fight never happened. He pulled out of the fight. And how many times have we seen fights when boxers don't make weight and they still fight? Well, I mean, look, fight a fight one of those top fifteen cruiserweights, and then we could talk. Like, <laughs> we yeah. could do that. David Light, uh, not in, not from the UK, from New Zealand, uh, but fights in the UK and is also the WBO cruiserweight champion. Uh, so, <laughs> or at least was at some point. Um, he's no, I no, he's going to fight for the WBO cruiserweight title against Lawrence Ocolier, who that's a bad man. So, Jake Paul, you could fight, like, one of the actual top 15 cruiserweights in the division, and then we'll talk. But aside of that, and just to pull up Tommy Fury's resume real quick in the interest of fairness. Now, if you look at other UK fighters, you see a lot of this in the beginning. His first win was against, was against a guy who was 10 and 102 and 3. So that means, people, he had 10 wins. He had 102 losses and 3 draws. You see a lot of that in, like, you know, when guys coming up all over their records or whatever – um, you'll see occasionally some of those, especially with UK fighters. The next guy he beat was 0-26-2. and The next guy he beat was 2-26-0. and The next guy was 0-11. The next guy was 0-9. And, and then in his sixth fight, he beat a guy that was 2-0. and Then in his next fight, a guy who was 0-1. Most of these by decision, by the way. And in his last fight, he beat a dude who was 10-1, and um, cut his eye, knocked him down in the fifth round, one on points. So, I mean, he's beaten boxers, but like, he also hasn't beaten top flight competition. So that makes this yeah. to me a compelling fight. And when we talk about the betting aspect of this next week, that's going to make that fascinating. So there's the Jake Paul thing. I don't think he should be ranked if he beats Tommy Fury. I think he should be ranked if he beats an actual cruiserweight, but it is what it is. Even on BoxRec, they list Tommy Fury as a light heavyweight who's ranked number 364 in the world out of 1,285. But sure, we'll rank him. All right. Edgar Berlanga signs him. A multi-fight yes. deal with Matchroom. Uh, what were you going to say? Jump in I was going to say, uh, a guy that is ranked, Edgar Berlanga, uh, number four <laughs> by the IBF uh, for super middleweight. Signed yeah. a new deal with uh, Matchroom Boxing. A multi-fight deal. You got some quotes from there as well. So after leaving top rank, because let's remember, Edgar Berlanga, I have a little bit of history for new for people who don't know who the fuck I am. <clears throat> I have a little bit of history with Edgar Berlanga. Not bad or anything like that. None of it bad. But like, so we filmed me, my partner, Dexter Henry, and I, my partner, uh, I would say. <laughs> not, not Shout partner, out to Dex. Because partner wouldn't, yeah. Partner. Um, Matthew Feniza, shout out. Luis Velez, shout out. We, sh we shot a documentary called La Cultura, Puerto Rican Boxing Story. Uh, your boy was a producer and a correspondent of the piece. And this was in 2018. And it covered three Puerto Rican boxers, one of whom being Edgar Berlanga, the other two being Matthew Gonzalez, who recently sparred with Amanda Serrano, and the other being Zachary Ochoa, who fought Brandon Lee uh, last year. 
And we were following them in 2018 ahead of this card at the King's Theater, day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Always a big deal to fight day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade if you're Puerto Rican, right? Miguel Cotto made this his home and went undefeated in fighting day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade. So Edgar Berlanga was positioned to be that guy. He actually fought the day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade uh, in 2022. So we covered him in that documentary. He was great. He got a first-round knockout. It was part of the streak. He was like 8-0 and going into that fight. This was before top rank. He was fighting on an Evander Holyfield card at the King's Theater of Brooklyn, New York. So fast forward, <clears throat> excuse me, he um, be, has become a star in terms of like, you know, in, in boxing circles, somebody who's like perceived as this rising star blue chip prospect type. And we've seen some warts in this game over the last uh, few fights. Um, from what I heard, some people not surprised uh, in, in Brooklyn or whatever the case may be, but that's neither here nor there. And Edgar Berlanga in top rank uh, had some sort of dispute, and now he's going to match room on a multi-fight deal, which not surprising because it seemed like that was the case. So, Chantel, before I get into these quotes, you mentioned this, so I just want to, uh, for the people, just to echo this point. Edgar Berlanga, as of this recording, ranked number four uh, in by the WBO in the super middleweight division. So, nearing a title shot there, in theory. The IBF has him also ranked number four in the super middleweight division. The WBA has him sixth. And in the WBC rankings, he is nowhere to be found. Usually the case. Usually there's yeah. always one that just kind of leaves you off entirely. So it is what it is. Now, <clears throat> in terms of uh, the quotes from the presser or from the release, the matchroom release, because it was a press release here. And they noted all the rankings and things of that nature. And the name that I kept seeing was Canelo Alvarez. And the plan, hold on, Chantel, hold on. I'm going to let you get going in a second. Hold on. I already see it. The, the, the plan seems to be to lead into the next version of Mexico versus Puerto Rico being Canelo Alvarez versus Edgar Berlanga. And as someone who on his YouTube channel did somewhat of an oral history of the top 10 fights between Mexico and Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto Rican fighters, I would be very invested in this fight. I also yeah. know that Edgar Berlango will probably get his ass kicked by Canelo Alvarez. That's fucking Canelo Alvarez. Okay. So here's one quote. <clears throat> I'm excited to start my new journey with the best promoter in the world. The legend Eddie Hearn, Edgar Berlango said. I'm looking to build my legacy in the sport of boxing. I want to thank my manager, blah, 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 blah. I'm looking for big fights. This is where it gets interesting. I'm looking for big fights. And I know the signing with Matchroom was the right choice to get me where I want to go. I'm humbled by this opportunity and I would dedicate myself into being the best. 168 pounder in the world. My main goal is to land the Canelo fight and renew the greatest rivalry in boxing, Mexico versus Puerto Rico. Then Eddie Hearn said a couple of things, but you know, he claimed that there was a bidding war for Edgar Berlanga, which I don't doubt necessarily, but he won out. Yeah. So Chantel, um, where, where are we at with this? And where are you at with this? Well, that's one of my favorite, I guess, rivalries, Puerto Rico, Mexico, and boxing. It's one of the best of all time. You did a great job as well when you put that together on your YouTube. It's not ready for Canelo. Struggled against Steve Rolls. I love Steve Rolls. He's Canadian. But <laughs> come on, man. You should you should be knocking out Steve Rolls. You should also be knocking out Romer Alexis. And I'm not actually surprised that Edgar Berlanga left. However, you know, this is a guy that had a crazy knockout streak. Top rank was hyping him up. And I feel like he was set up essentially to fail, right? Because how do you follow that knockout streak up? 
and then you have mid performances below mid performances <laughs> against guys you should be knocking out so Hopefully, this is a good step for Edgar Belenga. Nowhere near ready for Canelo. Canelo knocks him out, gets the stoppage, because we know that Edgar Berlanga's chin is a little bit sus. We know it's a little bit sus, right? He and got not, look, he, one of the things that I was told from someone who I will not name, they had told me, and this is a, a, a boxing trainer from New York, basically, is how I'll word this. And the person said, that they think Edgar Berlanga's team is sort of rushing him to the top because they don't trust his chin. The person proceeded to tell me, or show me rather, on YouTube a video of him getting clipped as an amateur, got knocked flat out. And you sent me that video. Yeah. And yeah, so his chin is... And, and to, to, to that point, Chantel, real quick, sorry. To that point, do I got to say sorry to you? It's cool. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you called me a dickhead earlier. I mean, no, I didn't. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all rules are off here now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, okay, so Edgar Berlanga's knockout streak, as you alluded to, 16-0 with 16 first-round knockouts, all in the first round. He was signed the top rank amid this, right? He wasn't there at the beginning, but they brought him there. He got a couple more knockouts. Then he fought Demon Nicholson, who he knocked down, but it was brought to a decision and you saw that fight and it was like, all right, finally got some rounds. Cool. 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 And, and, and that's the thing. Like when he was knocking out everyone in the first round, they were like, ah, oh, but he needs to get experience in the ring. He <clears> needs <throat> to go the distance. And he did. And we were like, okay, that's cool. But when he comes back for the next fight, we right. want him to knock someone out. Right. Right. And then he fights Marcelo Cortez. And this was uh T-Mobile arena. This was on the Wilder Fury undercard. And this was like on ESPN before they go to pay-per-view, like that sort of last fight from the undercard before they go to the main card type of joint. He fought Marcelo Cort uh not Cortez, my bad. Coseres. And he won the WBA super middleweight title. However, it was unanimous decision 96, 93 straight through, and Berlango was knocked down in round nine. You saw him yeah. visibly tire out and then got dropped. And then the Steve Rose fight, you know, underwhelming performance. And then the Romare Angulo fight, underwhelming performance. And Steve Rose had been knocked out by Triple G, um, yeah, I think three years prior or something like that. And yeah, it's, he's just not at the point where a Canelo fight is, is something that makes sense. So quickly before we wrap here, is there somebody in particular you would like to see him against as I pull up the rankings here? Because well, that, really that, that's what I was going to ask you, myself. but I mean, David Morrell... I think would be a good test for him. Ooh. I Although think that's not going to happen promotionally, is it? No, like... no. I mean, I mean, we know boxing politics. I think Daniel Jacobs could be interesting. That's a fight you could actually make, but I don't. I don't think he wins that fight. No, he doesn't, and and that's the thing. <laughs> he doesn't win that fight. But if he can't win against Daniel Jacobs, you're not going to win against Canelo Alvarez. There's there's no way, right? Like, here's the thing. Like, Edgar Berlanga is being set up to fail. I hate that. He goes mm -hmm. on this knockout streak. Then we're like, yo, he needs to go the distance. Goes the distance. Then he has two underwhelming performances. And we're just like, ah, oh, man, you know? And now he's moving to a match room. And the goal, the road is Canelo. But I don't... I don't think he beats Daniel Jacobs. And I think David Morrell is a really tough fight for him. Another guy that I think he could fight, but he's also young. So I don't think they make this fight is Diego Pacheco. Two, two young guys. Who do you guys. think wins that fight though? Like be honest. <laughs> I, I think Diego Pacheco wins. The L, the kid from LA. And maybe I'm being a little bit biased there. Uh, West Coast biased there. But I, I like Diego Pacheco. I think he's getting better in every fight. 
But those are a couple of names. Here's an interesting one. It would be a lose-lose situation, but what I think what what if he fought Chris Eubank Jr.? Ooh, I would love that though. I would absolutely love that. But Chris Eubank apparently is a like he's gonna take the rematch with uh, yeah with Liam Smith. But I the, you've done some pretty good matchmaking here because Chris Eubank Jr. is fascinating. I I am glued to the potential of him fighting Daniel Jacobs. I think Canelo's going to fight John Ryder in May. I know Berlanga had called out John Ryder previously. That's a fight I would actually like to see get made, um, you know, because I, I assume that his first challenge is not going to be anyone, like, you know, who can seriously knock him off. It's going to be yeah. it's gonna be one of these stay-busy fights or, or rather one of these, like, just showcase fights. He'll knock a guy out that probably has no chin. And then from there, I think he can move into the John Ryder fight or potentially – you know, something along those lines, gradually move him up. I would love to see Edgar Berlanga versus Danny Jacobs at Barclays Center, though, as a New Yorker. That would that would be a big fight. Two dudes from New York, um, from Brooklyn. I would love to see that fight get made, but I don't think he's winning that fight. <laughs> no. You know, so I mean, uh, he- unless he's gotten a lot better. Like, to be, to, to, to be fair to Edgar Berlanga here, he's also really young, right? Guys can improve. Very young. I just don't know, like, we ha- we haven't seen it yet. So it's one of these cases where it's like, this is kind of something that you saw with Deontay Wilder to some degree. Like, when is when is he going to add, you know, more of a well-roundedness to his game? The difference is Deontay Wilder doesn't necessarily have to because he can kill you, and because he has maybe the, <laughs> he has maybe he can the most kill you. Yeah, he has he has probably the most devastating one punch power ever of my lifetime. No. He does. You know? No, he'll he'll tuck you in for a nap. Yeah. You know, and you'll be laid out. It will be a nap turned into a sleep. Like that's how real his power is. So, what if what if this just came to me right now? What if he fought a guy like Ryota Murata? Sure. Yeah. Right. Like Why think not? about it. Like a, a guy Sule- that's what's Suleki doing these days? You know what I mean? <laughs> they they have to. I don't think they should put him into a fight. Like they have to gradually get him there. Mm-hmm. So and, and listen, a guy like Ryota Murata in Japan, like he's beloved, right? Olympic champion. And so that's maybe a fight that could possibly happen, but really interesting to see what's going to happen with Edgar Berlanga as he gets on his road to possibly fight Canelo Alvarez. Let us know on YouTube. Let us know on our social media channels. Who do you want to see Edgar Berlanga fight? And if you do drop a name, let us know if you think he wins that one. And make sure to follow us on our social media platforms at The Mandatory TKO. It's like that on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And also make sure to like and subscribe to this video if you're watching on YouTube and YouTube. And also uh, leave a rate and review because, like I said, that that helps us grow, man. And, you know, we're trying to give you guys some major content. And uh, if you like the video, hit subscribe. And if you give us a rate and review, that always helps. But most importantly, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll be back with some more unboxing content soon. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets,
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.